Hi, my name's Steve and I want to welcome you to our brand new series called Grand Designs. If you were expecting Kevin McLeod to be hosting, then I'm really sorry to disappoint you. Um, you do still have a balding presenter, but unfortunately a slightly larger one. And I'm here on the Suffolk coastline in a place called Sizewall, and I have behind me Sizewall Hall. Sizewall Hall was bought in 1859 by the Ogilvy family. It was going to be their family home. And now, well, it's still owned by them, but now it's a Christian conference centre. But in 1920, uh, this house was uh, burnt to the ground. And so an architect, a designer was brought in to redesign this place. Uh, and it's part of a six, it was part of a 6,000 acre estate. It had servants and it was built with a family uh, in mind. And so I wonder what uh, Kevin McLeod would have made of this place if this was part of the grand design program, what he had made of the sweeping staircase of the 30 plus bedrooms and just the bigness and majesty of the rooms uh, inside. But the architect had built this for a purpose. The purpose was a family and that's what he had in mind when he drew out the designs to create Sizewall Hall. In 1999, Channel 4 first broadcast a show that would follow individuals in their journey from design to the construction of the home of their dreams. Here at The Forge, we are doing just that. You know, re-evaluating how we operate and redesigning what we call home. You know, the church was one of God's grand designs, but it was more than just a 30-bedroom mansion situated on the Suffolk coast. No, it was way better than that. It was messy and full of unexpected people, and it was intended to reflect the architect himself. So in this four-week series, we want to look through what it looks like for us going forward. You know, the last 12 months have proved to be an unprecedented year where everything has changed. You know, no one would have predicted that the coronavirus would cause lockdowns, border closures, over 100,000 deaths here in the UK alone. You know, hospitals being overrun with patients, schools closing, homeschooling taking place, shops closing, businesses going bust and unemployment rising. You know, it's been incredibly unsettling and has had a huge impact on people's mental health. And as a church, we've had to change and adapt. You know, we've gone from meeting in person uh, each week in three locations to holding online services and Zoom and WhatsApp small groups. Gatherings in person haven't been allowed and our office has now been converted into a recording studio. You know, so much has changed about how we operate and that well, that can be very unsettling for many of us. You know, change, when it's forced on us, is always difficult and we grieve what we've lost. Amongst all the changes that we've experienced, one thing has remained the same. One thing that I hope will never change. You know, we can change what we do and we can change how we do it. Just like, you know, the building work on grand designs when, when building teams quit or the weather prevents certain things from happening. Or, or they run out of money. But we will never change the why. You know, the why is the driving force. It's the motivation behind who we are as a church and everything that we do. And this pandemic hasn't altered our purpose, our mission, our reason for being. And I want to remind us again this morning as to what that why is. Now, if you've been part of the church for a while, you'll know what I'm about to say. At least I hope you do. Because our mission, our, the reason why we exist is to help people find and follow Jesus. 
So simple and yet so profound, so practical yet so life-changing, so wide-reaching and yet so personal. And it's not limited by a pandemic or a lockdown at all. You see, Jesus is the foundation on which our church is built and our mission is to help people find him and then follow him through having a relationship with him to discover who Jesus is. It's people like Amber. Amber's partner, Jim, works with Martin Wellham, who's a key volunteer in the life of the Forge. And last summer, Martin was a contestant in the Taskmaster series that we did and he invited his work colleague to watch it. Now, Jim watched the opening video, but he didn't watch the rest of the service. But Amber did, and it was her first connection with church, and she loved the series. She showed real interest in finding out more, so she bought a Bible. And then Martin invited her to do Alpha online. And Amber, well, she's part of our current Alpha course and has been watching the Curious series. And at the end of week one of Curious, when Helen prayed at the end of the service, Amber said that she just felt overwhelmed and cried, not tears of sadness, but she was just moved so deeply. And, and that she's beginning to read through the Bible in a year. She's talking regularly with God now, and she says that her whole outlook on life is changing. It is so exciting. Did you know that it's a year uh, this month since we last held our services at Debenham, Thurston and I? That's a whole year of not being able to do what we've been used to doing as a church. And that's been hard. But there was a time when another community went through huge upheaval, when all their worship traditions and practices were forced to change. And this community was known as God's chosen people. They were the Israelites. And they lived in a land called Canaan, which is now Israel. And this invading army, the Babylonians, had stormed in, captured, killed, and taken most of those surviving off to Babylon. And only a few people were allowed to remain in Jerusalem and that area. You see, Israel had been so disobedient to God and, and having had warning after warning, God had removed his protection from them. And so they found themselves in a place that they'd never been before. And they couldn't worship at the temple. They couldn't offer their sacrifices like they'd used to be doing. And at one point, they wrote a song that Boney M in the 1970s had a huge hit with. It went like this. By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, we wept as we remembered Zion. And then they asked this question. How can we sing the Lord's song? in a strange land. Now, I love this honesty uh, and, and that sense of confusion. I love it because it happened then and it happens today. Hasn't it been a struggle for many of us that, that we've faced over this past year? You know, our Sunday gatherings have been taken away, our meeting together midweek. You know, everything that we've been used to has gone. And so we end up asking the same question. How can my faith keep going when everything has changed and I can't do what I've always done. Now, for some of you, I recognize that this year will have been a year of struggle faith-wise. Listen, you're, you're not alone, but don't give up. Before and during their time in exile, God continued to speak to the Israelites through prophets, people who were God's messengers to the people. And these messages were tough at times to hear, but they always contained hope. And Isaiah was one of those prophets who prophesied the coming Babylonians, but he gives the Israelites hope that they will come back from their time of exile and they will return home again. But he also reminded them of their unchanging mission, the very reason why they'd been called God's chosen people. 
And Isaiah writes this, he says this, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I've kept. Now, these were the people kept captive and exiled in Babylon. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation will reach to the ends of the earth. I love the phrase that God uses in speaking through Isaiah. It is too small a thing. You know, it was my friend Chris Porter, who's a pastor of one of the churches in the Further Faster Network, who pointed this out to me just a few weeks ago. Because the TV series, Grand Designs, is so-called. Why? Because the designs for these houses are grand. It is a too small a thing to just build a regular house on this series. No, the ambitions for each house featured is far greater, much grander, often more environmentally friendly. So they're not just building a house on this show. That's a too small a thing. They're building a grand design house. And so God says to Isaiah and to the people of Israel, it is too small a thing just for you to be restored. It's too small a thing for you just to do religious things for religious people. It's too small a thing for you to only be concerned with yourselves. That's not a big enough vision. And so God carries on with the verse and he says, I, I will make you a light to the Gentiles that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. God is saying it is too small a thing to be religious for religious people. I want you to lift your eyes and lift your vision to more than it just being about you. I've got so much more in mind than that because my love, my grace, my mercy, my salvation is for everyone. And God is saying, my passion, my desire, my vision for you is that I should be able to work through you so that my love, grace, mercy and salvation should reach everywhere and to everyone. It's too small a thing for the people of God to do anything else. And it's too small a thing for God's people to focus on protecting themselves, wait, waiting, wanting safety rather than mission and adventure. And then if you fast forward to Jesus coming to earth and to his life, one day Jesus was asked why he was spending time with irreligious people, with disreputable, disreputable people. And he said this, I have come to seek and to save the lost. It would have been too small a thing for Jesus to only come for religious people. No, he had come so that everyone could experience the love and grace of God. That was his primary mission and purpose. Now, of course, he did other things. He worshipped, he prayed, he healed the sick, he cared for people, he taught and he performed miracles. But his primary purpose was to seek and to save the lost, to be a light to all people so that God's saving love would reach to the very ends of the earth. And Jesus' mission is our mission. He set it out for us. Now go on my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you. And never forget that I'm with you every day, even to the completion of this age. It should be an encouragement to us that the people of God have always struggled to keep the main thing the main thing. The people of Israel struggled with it. The early disciples struggled with it. You know, it took persecution to drive them out of their own area and really spread the message of Jesus abroad. You know, the problem for us as a church is that life gets busy and we can start to worry more about ourselves and our church community than the people that we're called to reach. So listen, 
I am so looking forward to us being able to meet together again, to sing together, to meet up for meals, to meet in groups. I'm so looking forward to face-to-face community. But it's a too small a thing for us, the Forge, just to focus on us, on that, on just what we want. No, our mission is much greater than that. It's to help people find and follow Jesus. And our mission, our mission hasn't stopped throughout this pandemic. In fact, it's expanded in a way that probably it would never have done if we hadn't moved things online. Because we have seen people find Jesus and start following him. So Hannah Jocelyn watched the Uptown video um, one week when Tim included a prayer to become a Christian. And Hannah chose to use that prayer with her mum to start a relationship with God. Rachel Whitmore loved attending Debenham and loved the community, but she just didn't get the faith bit. But during the Pentecost encounter online last year, she encountered Jesus through the Holy Spirit and was overwhelmed emotionally and she committed her life to Jesus. Then she did Alpha and she's been baptized and now she's part of a post-Alpha group. And she's growing in her faith and learning so much. Honestly, it's so exciting to see the change and her confidence grow. Having Luke Driver come back to Jesus last Easter and him doing Alpha and now part of a post-Alpha group. Jake Cox becoming a Christian on Alpha just before Christmas and having so many questions that he's drained Andrew, his work colleague, of all energy. (laughs) And even I've had to arrange extra Zoom meetings with him to talk through his questions. Honestly, it is so good. Steph Duell's two boys, Josh and Harvey, who prayed to become followers of Jesus last Easter Sunday. Kirsty Maidment, who'd been coming to church for several years, finally had the courage to do Alpha. She asked questions and she prayed to Jesus, inviting him into her life. There's Isaac uh, Kalisa, a teenager who made his decision to start following Jesus last summer. And Simon Jones, who started going out with our then lodger, Sam Taylor, at home, uh, who then checked out Alpha online, then joined the Forge Autumn Alpha course. He got baptised last autumn in his hometown of Winchester. Now, Simon is part of a post-Alpha group and he is growing in faith and, and he's growing in understanding. And yet he lives 175 miles away. You see, God is at work in our community and we want to help people find and follow him. And how will we do that? We'll do that by being a church community that unchurched people love to be part of. And by being a community who allows for questions, who allows time for people to explore, who don't put people under pressure to believe, but are patient. And most of all, a community that is loving. And that's happening even online. Now, those stories that I've just shared with you involve you, you as parents, as work colleagues, as friends, as sharers on Facebook and Instagram, as group leaders and care and support people. If you're part of the Forge, let's not make church about us and just about us meeting together again, important though that is. Why? Because it's too small a thing. So I want to invite you to be part of making the mission happen, of helping people find and follow Jesus. And it might mean having to put up with some things that you don't, that don't always connect with you. It might even seem a bit too edgy at times, but let's be willing to do anything, anything short of sin that will help people find and follow Jesus. Are you with me on it? It's going to be an exciting adventure.